Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's message from Pastor Rick Mays. Thirty years ago, I was a teenager in Fort Smith, Arkansas. I was 16 years of age, and uh, I was dating a young lady whose parents owned a store in downtown Fort Smith. What was unique about this store was that this was the hub for where all concert tickets were distributed. If there was a concert coming into Fort Smith, whether it was uh, country or whether it was rock or whatever it was, this, this, this store had those tickets. And I was dating their daughter. And so when, when concerts came in, I pretty much had access to free tickets because the store always got free tickets. So I went and saw some, some famous artists throughout the years as a teenager, but I'll, I'll never forget this one concert that I went to. And it was not because it was my favorite artist because it wasn't, it wasn't because it was my favorite genre of music because it wasn't. But what made this one concert more memorable than anything else was we had backstage passes for Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> now, I know this morning some of, you, some of you just thought less of me. But again, let me start the story over almost 30 years ago. So a lot has went under the bridge. You see, I was granted access along with this young lady that I was dating to behind the scenes, behind the curtain, if you will, to a place and to a world and to happenings where most people who sit out front never know exist. And may I add, some of that's bad and some of that's even worse. I don't know if you can say it's any good. But, you know, it was, it was pretty interesting to have those backstage patches because, you know, I got to meet several people in the band. I, I didn't get to meet, uh, Hank Williams Jr., but I, you know, we were, we were within, uh, shouting distance. I could have reached out and grabbed hold of him and then been taken to jail. But, you know, I stood behind the barrier. So it was, it was a really interesting concert because it was something new. It was, you know, from, from, all, from all my other concerts, we were sitting in the front. <coughs> Even though we were sitting up front at times, there's still so much stuff that you don't see behind stage. So this was an eye opener for me. But what if I told you this morning that you and I have been granted access to something far more valuable than a music concert? What if you learned that you were granted access not behind the curtain, but through the curtain into the presence of God. I know we are just a few weeks away from Christmas, but I don't want to speak about Christmas this morning. I want to focus, if you will, on Easter. And I know that may be a little strange, but I want to talk about um, some things that happened at Easter time. I wonder if we understand the power of three simple words that Jesus uttered on the cross. It is finished. I wonder if we understand the 
the, the authority and, and the finality and the power behind those three simple words. Those three words leave no room for discussion. There are no loopholes. There are no side entrances. There's no room for error. It is finished. When Jesus said, it is finished, ladies and gentlemen, I submit to you that it is finished. Have you ever been in an argument with your spouse and somebody say, I will never speak of it again, only to bring it up later? Or to say, this argument is finished, only to continue? You know, I was told years ago that the wife always gets the last word of every argument because the next word the man says is the beginning of a new one. But when Jesus said it is finished on the cross, ladies and gentlemen, it is finished. It's done. It's, it's over with. There is no more room for discussion. Jesus settled it and settled it long ago. Aren't you glad? Say amen. In Mark chapter number 15, if you found it, we'll begin reading with verse number 33. It says, now when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is translated, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, look, he is calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour, vin- sour wine, put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink saying, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come and take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion, when the soldier who stood opposite him saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, (coughs) he said, truly, this man was the son of God. This morning, I want to speak from these two words as the title, Access Granted. Access Granted. Sorry about that. As we read those seven verses this morning, we can focus on a lot of different things. We can focus upon what Jesus said and the feeling that he had about being forsaken or being forgotten about. We can rejoice over a lot of different things because we know where this story is leading up to. That we don't celebrate the death of Jesus without also celebrating the resurrection of the Lord. But if we're not careful, we somehow and sometimes miss some valuable scripture, some valuable lessons to be learned, some valuable truths in our lives By just continuing to read and not slowly reading what we are reading, if you understand what I mean. See, in verse number 37, we read that Jesus cries with a loud voice, breathe his last. In essence, we find in verse number 37, his death. He has died. And then we go to verse number 39 and we see the guard standing there and the guard declares, Truly, this man was the son of God. And and, and how would you like to be standing there realizing that he was who he said he was, but yet you were guilty of crucifying him? And we get to reading these scripture that a lot of us are really familiar with. And sometimes we read past things. Not necessarily that how we're guilty about that this morning, but 
we sometimes miss the truth of verse number 38. That the temple, in the temple, the veil which separated man from the holy presence of God. I, I was reading a little bit about that veil this week. And, and uh, I believe it was jo, jo, one scholar, and I can't remember who it was, said that it was about the thickness of a man's hand, which is about four inches. That it was said that two horses tied to each end of this curtain could not pull it apart, could not rip it. Some very interesting things. But yet we read in verse number 38, as Jesus cried out, as he breathed his last, the Bible specifically brings about verse number 38 that says, and the veil in the temple was torn, was ripped, was rent from top to bottom. Can you imagine the, the people in the temple that were there doing their duties? The ministers, the, uh, the volunteers, whoever it was, that they saw that great curtain, realizing what was on the other side, and maybe deep down longing to even one day go into that place. We're standing there when all of a sudden they begin to hear the curtain, that veil, that thickness begin to rip in two. You see, it is this veil that acts as a wall of separation from the most holy place where the presence of God dwelt. It was a wall that kept everyone out except one priest one time a year. That one priest could enter with, with a sacrifice, with blood, the word says. And there he would make atonement, not only for himself, but for the people. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to be thankful for Jesus for no other reason than granting us access into God's presence. Because you and I are not natural Jews. You and I are on the outside. We are, we are if you will, on the outer court looking in. We are not a, 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 a natural Jew. We are not in that family. We are not part of that chosen generation, that chosen people. So therefore, we had to stay on the outside. But when he breathed his last and the veil was rent in twain, you and I... Once outcasts have now been brought into the very presence of God. Access granted to God's presence. We read this in the word of God. In 1 Peter 2 it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We rejoice over that. Now look at verse number 10. It says, Who once were not. We weren't there. Once we were not that chosen people, that special God's people, because we were not a people, but now we are the people of God because access has been given. We read in Ephesians, Paul's writing says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, that at that time were without Christ, aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in this world. But now, how many is glad for that? But now, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once afar off, have been brought into the presence of God because of the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Listen, I can thank Jesus for a lot of different things and we can put a long list together, but I'm glad tonight or this morning that we have access to the father because when he breathed his last the veil was rent in essence God opening his arms and say hey 
Come on into my presence. No need of a separation anymore. The sacrifice has been accepted. The price has been paid. Access to my presence is now granted. You see, it would be easy to get depressed as we read that that says we were without Christ. Aliens. Strangers. No hope. Afar off. But aren't you glad Paul didn't leave us there? Paul says we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. It was only a certain time that only one man had access into God's presence through the veil. But now, thanks to Calvary and Jesus, every man, woman, boy, and girl has been granted access. I want you to remember three things today. Number one, the veil was divinely rent. The Bible says that it was rent from the top to the bottom. If this had been man's attempt to go to God, the veil would have been rent from the bottom to the top. But this was not man's attempt to go into his presence. But this was God's opening access to man. Therefore, he tore it from top to bottom. You see, in Matthew chapter number 11, verse number 28, the Bible says, Come to me all, come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is what Jesus said. How many know? Let me just put it this way. God operates with an open door policy, an open door policy. We read the words of Jesus. He said, come to me, everyone that's weary. Come to me, all those that labor, and I'll give you rest. In Matthew 19, 14, it says, let the little children come to me and forbid them not for such is the kingdom of heaven. Even the little ones, don't, don't hold them back, but let them come. John in John seven thirty seven, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let them come to me to get a drink. In John 6, 37, it says, all that the father gives me will come. And though, and one who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Woo. Can I tell you this morning that if you'll make your way to Jesus, if you'll make your way into God's presence, he won't ask you to leave. He won't say you're not accepted. You're the wrong, you know, you're the wrong tribe. You, you, you don't have the right clothes on. You don't, you haven't been doing what I've asked you to do. You're not a good person. But he says, if you will come to me, I will in no wise. In no wise turn you aside. You see, religion is man's attempt to get to God. Jesus is God's solution to get into his presence. (coughs) Religion is man's attempt to get to God. Jesus is God's solution to come to man. As we stood here this morning worshiping in the presence of God, that access wasn't granted because of your voice. That access wasn't granted because you played an instrument real well or that you worshiped real well. Access was granted just solely based upon Jesus. Some of you got it. Access is granted solely because of Jesus. It's not because of who you are or what you do. And listen, there's a lot of people in this world that are working their way to heaven who are going to be highly disappointed because it ain't by works. Because if it was by works, then we could stand up here and boast. Let me tell you what I did this week. Let me tell you who I, who, who, who I minister to. Let me tell you about doing this. And we would be given opportunity and and, and rightfully so an opportunity to boast about all that we can do. But folks, if it's, if it's just Jesus, then we have to understand it's not about me. It's not because I sing so well, because you know, this mic has been left on by accident before and y'all got to hear me sing. Y'all probably thinking, oh, Lord, the sound system is screeching and it's about to pop. It's about to blow up. Something sounds horrible. That's me. 
You know, put me in two, put me in a paper bag and shake it up. I sound like a cat screeching. That's me. It's access isn't granted because of me. It's not granted because of who we are. It's granted solely upon Jesus Christ. God says, look, I'm going to open the veil. I'm going to give you an open door policy. I'm going to give you access into my presence, not because of anything else, but Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. You see, it's important that we understand verses 37 and 38 go hand in hand. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil in the temple was torn from top to bottom. This signified that God the Father accepted the blood sacrifice of Christ. His blood met the requirements and satisfied the debt, the sin owed. We didn't do that. Jesus did. You remember the old song, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Everything that I've ever done, I'm unable to pay. But because of Jesus, because Jesus paid it. Now listen, that veil, that veil separated God from man for so long. And if man ever walked inside the presence of God uh, in, an, in an unholy manner or in, in, with, with sin in his own life, do you realize that he was struck dead on the spot? And they couldn't even go in to get him. But when they heard the bells on the bottom of his robe stop ringing, they had a rope tied to his leg. How would you like, whoo, how would you like to do that? And when the bells stopped ringing, they just drug him out. They wouldn't dare go in there. Now you know why I keep walking. I want the bells to keep on going. I don't want somebody to drag me off. Folks, when Jesus died, when he breathed his last, and God took the veil and opened it up, that was a divine moment. That wasn't us. That was God. You see, Ephesians 2, 18 and 19 says, For through him we, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. In Ephesians 3 and 11, it says, According to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence to him. God granted us access. You see, locks will keep you out of buildings. Securities will keep you out of Fort Knox. Policies may keep you out of certain nations. But you've come too late to tell me you've blocked that there's a blockage of access to the presence of God. You've come too late to tell me I can't get in God's presence. Well, preacher, how do you get there? He just says, come on. It's an open door policy. Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Come into his presence in his courts with thanks. Into his prayer. Listen, we, we have access to the Father. We've been granted access. Access that if you look about all the people that have ever stood in that Old Testament temple, that they stood there and they looked at that veil and they said, oh, how wonderful it would be to get inside there. Oh, I wonder what it's like to be in his presence. Oh, I wonder what it's like inside that veil at Calvary when Jesus breathed his last. God opened up the veil and said, come on in. Access has been granted. I'm glad this morning that we have access. It was divinely torn. Number two, we read this. The veil was rent in the middle. The Message Bible reads it like this. Verse 37 and 38. Message Bible says, But Jesus, with a loud cry, gave his last breath. And at that moment, the temple curtain ripped down the middle. You see, I've watched uh, 
big movie premieres on TV and, you know, they roll out the red carpet and they line up all the paparazzi and the cameras and, you know, here come the stars and they're walking down, they're stopping, they're getting their pictures made, they're giving interviews and it is just a huge... And, and you know, as, as you walk down or as you continue to watch, you see, you know, there may be 20 or 25 very important people that are coming into this theater I, I, I've been to that theater in Hollywood where these big premieres happen. And that, that's not a small theater. So as you see these 20 or 30 stars come rolling down the red carpet. You have to understand that there's a side door somewhere. Where they're letting in other people who are not so important. Who they don't want walking down the red carpet. But they're all going into the same premiere. There's a side door, side entrance. A, 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 a secret place that they can sneak in if you will. How many's ever snuck? No, I'm not going to answer that. You see, it was not a side door entrance that Christ made available to us through his atoning death. The ark with its mercy seat and the Shekinah glory stood at the center of the holies of holies closest to the veil. The veil being rent in the middle was a, was a sign for us that said, I want you to come in right up front. If we, would, if we would go back to the illustration of the premieres, he said, I'm going to roll out the red carpet for you. I want you to come into my presence right up the middle. I don't want you to have to sneak in a side door, or come around a corner somewhere, or somebody's going to have to sneak you in from the side. I want you to come front and center. Right, I, I've opened it up for all the world to see. Just come right on in. Faith in Jesus brings the center into immediate touch of God. Not through a side door, but up the middle. Jesus tells the parable in Luke chapter number 14 about a great feast. Of all those people that were welcomed or invited to this feast, there were several that made excuses about, I can't come. One of them had just bought a piece of ground and he had to go see it. And of course, you've heard me say, why would you buy a piece of ground without looking at it first? But this is what we read. Then we see that a, a, another man bought a team of oxen and he's got to go prove them. And again, my question is, why are you not proving them before you, before you buy them? The third person said, well, I've gotten married and I can't go. And we all understand that. Caleb will understand it this time next week. But the Bible says that the master of the house got angry when these people started making excuses on why they wouldn't come to the great feast. And the master of the feast, the master of the house, he cries out, Luke chapter 14, it says, So the servant came and, and showed the Lord these things. And the master of the house, being angry, and told his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maim, the halt, and the blind. <laughs> you see right there, that described you and I. And it says, the servant said, Lord, this is done. We've done this, but there's still room. And the master of the house says, go into the highways and the hedges and compel, compel anybody that you come in contact with. Come on into the presence. Come on into the feast. Come on into the table. It's ready. All you got to do is come in. Listen, when God rent that, ta- rent that veil, he said, not only is I'm doing it, but I'm doing it right down the middle. I want everybody that possibly can to come into my presence. It doesn't matter if you're maimed or if you're a sinner, if you're from uh, uh, Arkansas or from way over. The, it doesn't matter where you come from or what kind of background you have. It doesn't matter what you did or what you're going to do. If God said, look, I'm going to rent this veil right down the middle. All I want is for you to come into my presence. This isn't something you have to sneak in the side door. Just come right on in. 
come right on in. May I encourage you this morning by telling you, the front door isn't open just for the most talented or the best looking or the wealthiest. But according to this story of the great feast, it's open to anybody and everybody to show up and partake. It was rent right down the middle so that we would have access to him. Number three, the veil was rent completely. And this is important. You see, it simply says, what grace began, grace completed. The veil was torn in two. Not even a thread would hinder us coming in. Not even a thread would hinder us coming in. When, that, when the veil was rent in two, full access was granted. There was, there was nothing that could keep us out of the presence of God. God opened it up. God said, here it is. It was opened all the way. The writer says in Ephesians, he broke down the middle wall of partition between us. You see, full access was granted. The veil that once kept man out of God's presence has now been ripped from top to bottom, right down the middle and in fully in two different pieces. Everything that kept us out of God's presence has been removed. Think about that. Everything that kept us from God's presence has been removed. So what's keeping you? Why aren't you entering in? Why aren't you enjoying the fullness of his presence? Why aren't you making time to go into his presence because it's fully been removed? You see, if you, if you wanted to go see a certain movie and they said, hey, everybody, everybody that shows up between this hour, you get in free. We'd show up at that hour to get in free, full access. If you wanted to go see a premiere or if you wanted to go, go see a, a, a concert and they said if you showed up between these, this, this time, full access would be, would be given. You could come. It wouldn't cost you anything. If you really wanted to go, you'd go. Amen? You'd show up. God says full access has been granted. The doors have been opened. Everything that once stood in our ways has been removed. And Jesus we read it in the word, says, come, come to me, whosoever will call upon me, come to me. So my question again to us today is simply this. Why aren't we going? Why aren't we going into his presence? We see in Hebrews chapter number four, beginning with verse 14, it says this. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Since Calvary, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was rent in twain. Thereby granting you and I access into the presence of God. Since the path has been opened wide, what is keeping you from approaching God to obtain mercy and to receive grace to help in your time of need? If you've been granted access, why aren't you accessing? If you've been granted entrance, what's keeping you back? If the presence of God is open for you to enjoy, then why not go in? Amen. 
Why not go into his presence? Thank you, Lord, that you have granted us access. This is something that you designed, God. You made the way. We didn't do it. You've removed every obstacle. You've removed everything that would keep us out of your presence. And you've opened the door. And you say through your word, come. That we can approach the throne. And we can receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. And God, I encourage, I encourage these people today. Lord, let your spirit encourage them, Lord, to come. Into your presence, Father. That's where we need to be. That's where we need to go, Lord. That's the first place we need to turn to is into your presence. Because it is in your presence, Lord, that we find the fullness of joy. So, Lord, I ask you today. That as each and every person here this morning, Lord, allows the Spirit of God to search them. The Spirit of God to maybe even convict them, Lord. That they would be willing to come into your presence. The writer said, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The needs are numerous before me this morning. There's probably not one single individual here today that does not or cannot share a need. That need may be answered through another individual. It may be even supplied by another individual. But everybody in this room today has a need. And what if I told you this morning that you've been granted access to God? God who, with God, nothing is impossible. Thanks again for joining us for the Trinity Temple Podcast. We'd like to extend an invitation for you to join us for our services starting on Sunday at 1040 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. Join us as we focus on lifting up Jesus, loving people, and reaching out to those in our community. We look forward to seeing you and your family real soon.